Maybe, uh, maybe you've played an April Fool's Day joke on your friends. Maybe or a family member, you've told them this story. You, you were just, you were going all out. You had your friend on the edge of his seat. Really, that happened? I can't believe that. And, and I mean, he's buying it hook, line, and sinker. And then you look at him and start laughing and say, April Fool's. And then you start joking with him about how gullible he is. Well, in today's passage, we're going to meet a man named Thomas. And in some ways, Thomas felt like he was the butt of his friend's wild tales. He felt perhaps that at any moment his friends were going to say to him, April Fool's, the joke's on you, Thomas. But in reality, the friends weren't telling a tale at all. They were telling the truth, the complete truth. And it was the truth about the biggest issues of life, about issues of life and death. And this morning, we're going to think briefly together about these, about these issues, these issues that matter so much as we look at Thomas's story in John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. Now, before I read this passage, let's take a moment to get an idea of the setting and, and the events that led us to the place that we'll be at today. We begin some 2,000 years ago in the city of Jerusalem. Crowds of people are everywhere. There's, there's a stir. There's been some crazy event. And the people, well, the people are on edge. And in this crazy situation, there are three men who have been nailed to a cross. Now, two are common criminals. Nothing really out of the ordinary about that. But one, one man was different than the others. He claimed to be the Son of God, and according to, to the Jewish leaders, this was blasphemous that he could make such a claim. And so he was nailed to the cross. He, he was crucified. Well, with the Sabbath approaching, the, the Jewish religious leaders didn't want dead bodies being left on the cross. It would be disrespectful on the Sabbath. And so they, they urged the soldiers who were there to go and to, to hasten the death of those who were on the cross. And so the soldiers went and they broke the legs of of the two men who were crucified with Jesus. When the soldier got to Jesus, he could see that Jesus was already dead. He didn't bother breaking his leg, but what he did is he took that spear that he had in his hand and he jabbed it up into his side and, and blood and water came rushing out. Jesus' body was later taken down and, and it was placed in a tomb of a, of a wealthy Jew named Joseph. A big stone was rolled over uh, to cover the mouth of the tomb. It was a long Friday. A long Friday for the followers of Jesus. Saturday passes. This, of course, was, was the Jewish, Jewish Sabbath beginning on, uh, at sunset on Friday and continuing on. It was a long Saturday. For the followers of Jesus, his dead bodies in the tomb, this one that they believed was going to come and to do some amazing, great work. Well, he had done those things, but now he was dead, and their hope seemed dead as well. Well, early on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' followers, was making her way to the tomb, and as she approached the tomb, she saw that the stone that had covered the mouth of the tomb was gone. That the stone was gone, and, and so shortly thereafter, Simon Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, also came to the tomb and he ran right into the tomb and he saw that, that Jesus was gone. And, and John, another of Jesus' disciples, came and, and he went into the tomb and he saw the, the grave cloth. 
cloths lying there, the cloths that Jesus had been wrapped in, they, they were there. But there was no evidence of Jesus. Now, Lazarus, you'll remember at one point when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and he came out of that tomb. Well, Lazarus still had his funeral or cloth wrappings around him. But not Jesus. Why? He had gone right through those cloths, those cloths and they were left laying there. Because he had come back from the dead. He had been resurrected. He was alive. When John saw the empty tomb and when John saw that he had passed right through those burial cloths, the scriptures tell us that, that he believed. That he believed. He, he came alive himself. Later, the risen Lord appeared to Mary, to, to many others, and, and to the disciples. Now, because the gospels are eyewitness accounts, the, there's a richness in the details of, of their writings about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, some skeptics have argued, we'll see the, the Gospels contradict themselves. This one says that, and this, and this one, this other one says this. They tell a different story, so we shouldn't believe. That's ridiculous. The, the Gospel accounts do give eyewitness accounts, which do give a richness to the story. But you're able to, to put the details of the story together in such a way that it's not contradictory. So, so we don't buy what the skeptics tell us. When we read about the resurrection of Jesus, we are confident. We are confident that we serve a risen Lord. Now, when Jesus appeared to the disciples, he appeared to nearly all of them, but one was missing. And our story picks up here. Let's look in John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Here we see that Jesus appeared to his disciples on that resurrection morning. He just showed up. They were in a locked room. He didn't walk through the door. No, he just, he just appeared. But Thomas missed this appearance. He wasn't with the other disciples. And so in verse 25, we see that, that as the disciples shared with Thomas about the fact that they had seen Jesus to him, it was just a joke or else his friends were losing their minds. He said, there's no way that I can believe that he's, that he's alive again. I'm not going to believe unless I can put my hand in his nail scars. Unless I can feel his side where that, where, where that spear pierced his side. I can't believe. I'll never believe unless I do those things. In verse 26, we see that, that a week had passed. So it was the, it was the, following, Easter, or the following Sunday after uh, Resurrection Sunday. Jesus' disciples are gathered again. And the doors are locked. Why are they keeping the doors locked? Well, there's a reason for that. Because their leader had just been crucified a little over a week ago. And they're scared. Could the same fate come to them? Could they too face death? 
for having followed this one who was killed? Oh, they had the door locked. They had the door bolted too. But this time, Thomas was with them. Thomas was right there with them. And suddenly, out of the blue, who shows up but Jesus? No, he doesn't walk through the locked door. He just appears to them. And what does he say? Oh, these words must have been so powerful in the face of all that they were experiencing. He said, peace, peace be with you. Amidst the fears and uncertainties, a word of peace. Oh, how it was needed. In verse 27, Jesus does something incredible. There he is standing next to Thomas. And he must have looked at Thomas in the eyes as he said, you want to see these hands? Look, Thomas. Touch them. Look at the scar. Look at where the nail was. Look, look, look here at my side. Look, look where the spear pierced my side. Put your hand there, Thomas. Now imagine what is going through Thomas's mind. Imagine all that, that he's experiencing. He didn't believe that Jesus had really been raised from the dead. But now he can see with his own eyes the hands of Jesus, the nail-pierced side of Jesus. And so Thomas, Thomas is blown away. Jesus is alive. Now think of all that's going through their minds. Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. Jesus is with them, though he didn't walk through the the door that was locked. He just showed up. And then what what happened? Well, Jesus began to talk to Thomas about things that Thomas and the disciples had talked about. Only Jesus wasn't with them when they talked about it. He wasn't in their presence. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Thomas had said, "I, I can't believe unless I see, unless I touch. What does this tell us? All of these things point to the reality that Jesus is indeed God, that he's God the Son. And Thomas realizes that. Look at Thomas's response. He says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. He recognizes that Jesus is the risen Lord. He recognizes that Jesus is really the Son of God. Now notice, even though Jesus knew that Thomas had had trouble with his faith, He doesn't rebuke Thomas harshly and say, Thomas, why couldn't you believe I was with you for three years for crying out loud? No, Jesus gently leads Thomas to belief and to trust, to faith. Look here. He says, touch here. And then what does he say to Thomas? He says to him, Thomas, don't be faithless. Believe. And could it be That Jesus, through his word, is saying the same thing to you this morning. Could it be that his word to you is this? Don't be faithless. Believe. Don't be faithless. Believe. And so Thomas, Thomas believes. But will you? Will you believe? Now in verse 29, Jesus told Thomas... Blessed are those one day who will believe, even though they don't see like like you just saw, Thomas. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about the fact that soon he'll go back to be with God the Father. 
He'll, he'll go back into the heavenlies and he won't be here on earth in the same manner that he was. But he says those people who hear this message and they believe, oh, they'll be blessed. What kind of blessing would we know? The blessing of being made right with God. The blessing of peace with God. The blessing of having eternal life. That's the blessing that would come. So what is this text saying this Easter Sunday morning? The text says, believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Like Thomas, you can come alive. You can be at peace with God and you can can have eternal life. But you must believe in the Lord Jesus. So this morning, you too are face to face with the words of the living Christ. There's no dodging what he says this morning. He invites you into the greatest and most amazing blessing ever. And what is this awesome blessing? It's to know God. It's to have eternal life. It's to come alive, to come alive spiritually. You see, because of our sin, we're separated from God. Our our sinful hearts are are selfish and rebellious. We, We go our own way, and this separates us, keeps us from a relationship with him. But because Jesus died on the cross... Our sins can be forgiven. You see, he died the death that you deserve, the death that that I deserve. He took the punishment for our own sin upon himself, and in so doing, he made a way for a God who is absolutely righteous to have relationship with those who are unrighteous, you and me. Jesus didn't just die on that cross, though. Jesus came back to life. He conquered death. This means that you too can come alive in Christ. Your physical death won't be the end of the story. You see, in Christ, you'll live again. You'll live again. So as difficult and challenging as this life is, and as difficult as it is to face death, if we know Jesus, we can know that we'll one day be in heaven, that we'll have eternal life. And in heaven, there won't be any more brokenness. There won't be any more pain. So this morning, you're face to face with the words of Jesus. And this is his word to you. Don't be faithless. Believe. Believe. Will you believe? Will you turn to faith in the Lord Jesus this morning? You, you may not have another chance. We always think, well, I'll have tomorrow. I'll, I'll take care of that one of these things. We don't know that we'll have tomorrow. We're, we're never guaranteed tomorrow. Today may be your last opportunity. Today, will, will you come alive? Will you come to Christ and, and be given spiritual life? In today's passage, it is clear that the call is to believe in Jesus Michael Cleveland was a 46-year-old man going about his day like any other day. He had stopped by the supermarket to, to, to get some things for dinner. And suddenly, while at the supermarket, he collapsed. Medics came and they shocked his heart, performed CPR, rushed him to an emergency room. And at the emergency room, he was pronounced dead. Later, a coroner came to, to remove his body, to, to take the body. But he called the doctor because he thought that Cleveland might still be alive. He he had a pulse. This was nearly three hours after he had been pronounced dead. Well, Mr. Cleveland was taken for a heart procedure. 
but ultimately, he did not survive. Here's the reality, friends. There's no cheating death. There's no cheating death. One day, every one of us, if, unless Jesus comes back before, every one of us is going to take our final breath. You will, and I will. And we don't know how long we have. Are you ready for that? You know, there's one way to be ready. It's to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's to believe. It's to believe in Him, to find life in Him. So when that day comes, when you take your final breath, will you still live? You see, if you're in Christ, you'll be more alive on that day that you take your final breath than you've ever been in your whole life. You'll be in the presence of Jesus. Everything will be right. All the brokenness that we know in this world, all the pain and suffering and heartache, every bit of that's going to be gone. It's going to be an amazing and incredible experience, only it doesn't end. Everything we know now that's good and wonderful, well, one day it ends. But eternal life in Christ never ends. Oh, the suffering, the brokenness, the heartache of life, they end. But the joy and gladness of eternal life never, ever ends. But if you're not in Christ, you'll know the despair of death, but not just physical death. You'll know the despair of spiritual death, of being separated from God for all eternity. So today, I plead with you, won't you believe in Jesus? Won't you truly come alive? How do you do that? Well, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Say to him, Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done that are, that are wrong, for for going my own way. God, forgive me. Tell him that you believe in him, that you believe that he, that he came to earth and that he died on the cross, that he was buried and that he came back to life. Confess your belief in who he is and then say to him, Jesus, I want to follow you. And the scriptures say, when you put your life in his hands, when you call out to him in simple faith, he saves you and he'll never, ever, ever let you go, ever. If you turn to Jesus in faith, just like with Thomas, he will save you. So won't you believe? Here on this April Fool's Day, friend, there's nothing, nothing more foolish than rejecting the love and forgiveness that Christ offers. Nothing more foolish. Nothing you could do that would be more devastating. Won't you believe? Won't you, this Easter Sunday morning, come alive? Join me in prayer.